0: All right, this is Hindsight 2020, this one for NFL Post Week 4, and boy, I really don't have a lot that I can complain about today. Um, made a good cash profit this weekend. I only bet two games, but won both of those games, and you know, it's funny We were 2-2 going into Sunday night, Mike and I, for the Super Contest, and I watched into the first quarter of the game. Normally, what I'll do is I'll, I'll watch the first half, and then I'm an early riser, so I get up the next morning and watch the second half of the game without commercials. I was a little tired yesterday, went to bed a little earlier, and it did not look good for the New York Jets. I really thought Mike's pessimistic premonition that if Kansas City got to 17, the Jets wouldn't be able to cover the eight and a half because they wouldn't be able to score. Well, fortunately, even though I was thinking in my head we were going to have a losing week and I was prepared for it as I woke up. Hey, it's another two and three. We'll grind forth and move on. Turns out the Jets cover the spread last night. In a really interesting second half, um, let me just say this about the Jets. I'm going to be the only person in America defending Zach Wilson this morning. Now, to be fair, if I ranked every starting quarterback 1 through 32, Zach's getting a 30-something in his number. He's not a very good NFL-quality starting quarterback. Frankly, I don't know how many teams he could back up for, but he is the guy that the Jets decided to have back up a 40 year old Aaron Rodgers. They got rid of Mike White, and part of me thinks they got rid of Mike White, even though he was a better prospect to play backup because of the lost cost fallacy that they spent such a high draft pick on Zach Wilson that they couldn't just cut bait with it in year two or year three, even though that's exactly what they decided to do the minute they signed Aaron Rodgers. This is a team, the New York Jets, that had Super Bowl ambitions. And once Rodgers went down, it seems like Everyone on the team is cashed out. And they're just perfectly happy with sitting and sulking because they can all blame Zach Wilson for all their woes. Look, I know the Jets were driving at the end of that game and Zach Wilson had a fumble. I know that was an absolute offensive killer. I know quarterbacks that do that belong in the loser class. But did you watch the game last night up until that point. In the beginning of the game, it looked like Jets players weren't even trying. And then, after Patrick Mahomes throws a couple balls directly to the other team, Robert Sala and whoever that offensive coordinator is, Buddy Hackett there, they're doing nothing to help their quarterback. Offensive coordinators and coaches have to understand what their quarterback is and what their quarterback isn't. You can't just abandon your run game. Receivers, you gotta catch everything that comes near you. There were drops last night. All I see is what's-his-name running downfield, throwing his hand up and huffing and puffing every time he doesn't get the ball. But Zach Wilson puts one down in the end zone that I'll admit he would have had to lay out for it. But no, nothing. Uh, Even some of the corners, easy interceptions were being dropped. And Robert Sala, what are you doing? With a minute 30 left in the first half, you're kicking a long field goal where it's fourth and half a foot? You're going to give Kansas City the ball back at midfield with another chance to score and completely erase your chance to win the middle eight. I don't understand it. Now, fortunately, Mahomes choked the ball up and gave the Jets another try, to which Zach Wilson went downfield and made some plays. The guy made some plays last night. But did you notice any time a play wasn't made or the field goal missed? Robert Sala looked like me gambling on the game. He was just, oh man, we really needed that because we have no chance whatsoever. This is a team that I think lacks so much confidence in itself that it can't make the most of what it has, which is a really, really good top-tier defense. Playmakers all over the field. I know Zach Wilson's limited. But you can't run the ball 16 times. And where is Dalvin Cook? He's been on the back of a milk carton. Can you get the guy out in space? Throw some short passes to him? Get some guys going. But no, the Jets just put everything on Wilson all of the time. And I think it is so that way when the game goes down and they lose... Everyone can blame what would have been a Super Bowl title season on Zach Wilson. I got news for you, Jets. You're far from a Super Bowl team, and that was before number 12 hurt his ankle. Now, we got a little lucky in this game after we got a little unlucky in this game. Now, I'm not going to sit here and talk about conspiracy theories. I'm not going to talk about the NFL fixing games. But I will say there are times where the NFL, through officiating, puts their thumb on the scale. And NFL, you need to slow it down here. This is the AFC Championship, the Super Bowl, and now a primetime game where Kansas City has struggled, the referees have swallowed the whistles for three and a half quarters, yet all of a sudden on the biggest plays when Kansas City fails on third down they get these gifts from the nfl that wasn't holding that was an interception that ball should have gone the other way but i almost had more fun as a gambler cursing and screaming as patrick mahomes goes wide open towards the end zone and then slides conveniently at the one yard line it's like mahomes knew that the nfl was pushing it too much giving him all these flags so he at least decided to give Jets betters the cover. Thank you, Patrick Mahomes. It was something that you did pretty nice for me there. But I got to tell you, the Jets, I don't know how Mike has done it all these years. I think they're poorly coached. I think the players are just looking to make excuses all the time. This is not a team making the best of a bad situation, and it's a shame because I really think there's more wins out there if the Jets cater to what they are and what Zach Wilson isn't. Alright, talking about tough, what a tough bet Mike made yesterday on Tennessee, We both had Tennessee the week prior. They were our ultimate decision. They were in our contest. I mean, we lost five ways from Tuesday on the Titans. And I didn't really like them this week, but Mike made a really compelling case that after getting blown out against Cleveland— and then Cincinnati pulling out an absolute must-win game on Monday night football, revenge spot against the Rams, Burrow at home, triumphant return after the injury, that this was going to be a spot to fade Cincinnati. And he even had the game handicapped right X's and O's. He talked about... The char, or excuse me, the Titans being able to run the ball. Cincy not having much of a run and having to rely uh, more on the passing, which just wasn't there. The Tennessee owned this game. They ran the ball thirty-three times, and Cincinnati absolutely dismal. Two for nine on third down. One trip in the red zone that relo- that resulted in no points. Cincinnati, they really need to figure out what they're doing. Burrow is far, far from 100%. You just spent $200 million on this guy. You've got to protect your investment. This to me is like someone that buys a $70,000 sports car and then they just drive it with a flat tire and the thought is, well, gee, I bought the thing. I guess I have to drive it. No, 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 no. You need to get that thing back in working condition so that when you use it, it's worth every penny. Cincinnati needs to get it together here. They were laying two and a half. This is a very common trap number. And again, I'll credit Mike here because he took that two and a half, not only put it in our contest, but he made some money off it too. The reason it's so hard, I think, to jump on a plus two and a half point spread is because the mechanics of it are sort of tough. You're basically saying my team has to win the game. I I can't even take the underdog and lose and sneak in with a cover with two and a half. But this is more the message it sends versus the mechanics of how you get there. Yes, Tennessee had to win the game outright, but the market was telling you that Cincinnati, even as the favorite, wasn't worth favored being favored by even a field goal. Great eye for Mike catching these. He's caught two of these trap spots that the books are setting for us with Cincinnati. He wasn't walking into it, got it, got it into our contest and really glad we got it. Okay. Philadelphia. Now, I'm glad as a Philly fan that we won, but I took two really distinct messages from this game. One, Philly is a lot worse on defense than they were last year. They were they allowed four of five red zone touchdowns last night. And Sam Howe, he's a better quarterback than I thought. I kind of mocked Mike in the preseason when he said Howe was somewhere around an average quarterback. I kind of think that's what he is. He has some games where he makes some plays. And yeah, he has some bad games. But so far, in, even though it's a few starts, he's been floating around the middle. He's much closer to average than he is bad. And I just missed that. But the main thing we missed here, and we even talked about it, Philly off a Monday night football domination against a division rival off a blowout loss. I think Mike and I might be misplaying the share of square. I think we're almost just looking for a game. I'll tell you what I did. I just looked at this game and said no way you should bet Philly. Only squares are going to do that. The real point of share of square is when we find a game usually with a large favorite, that we really like. That we think, we know the pros are going to want to be contrarian. We know the pros are more likely to go with the dogs. We know a lot of squares are just going to bet this team because they like betting favorites. But there's actually a handicap that goes towards the favorite. It just so happens that because Mike and I are square we're a little less hesitant to play some of the favorites because the pros feel they have to play the dogs. It's almost in their DNA. They don't want to be suckers. We're fine with being suckers if we think it's the right play. I don't think this was the right play. And in hindsight, I think when we talked about the game, we knew it wasn't the right play. We could have done a better job here finding something to fit the category. Now, albeit... It might have been Kansas City, and that would have been a sliding door in a really bad direction. But Philly, my bad. I brought that into the conversation. They did not look like a team that was fully motivated. Here's the thing. Philly might even be motivated, but they're a team that is not into fifth gear yet. Every week, they seem to shift the gear shift up one. After the Tampa game, they downshifted in this one. The offense played incredible, but the defense has to be better. If this is a Super Bowl-bound team, your defense can't let guys like Sam Howell, as average as he is, light you up up and down the field. All right, the Arizona Cardinals. I'll be quick about this one. We'd be 4-1 and one if Zach Ertz had hands. I mean, Arizona plays really, really hard. They were dominated in this game san francisco did everything they wanted to do they moved the ball with ease they scored every time they were in the red zone and brock purdy still hasn't thrown a ball that's hit the ground yet i mean they were awesome yet here was arizona always competitive always playing tough and even down 19 at the end of the game they tried to sustain a drive and move it downfield On third down, Dobbs hits Ertz dead in the hands on a slant pattern that just go right through Ertz's ghost hands. And then on fourth down, they get another shot to the corner of the end zone. A tougher catch, but another drop. This was before Mahomes saved me with his miracle slide, so I felt we were catching some bad luck yesterday in that one. Again, one catch by Zach Ertz there at the end and it's a monster week for us instead it was a loss look I like this pick even though it lost Arizona was playing hard down by 19 nothing to play for can't win the game but drove downfield tried to establish never look like they quit in this game every week this team just comes out and plays hard That's the kind of dog I'll back over and over and over again. It didn't work out this time. But Arizona, good pick, just didn't get us the result we were looking for. Okay, let's see. Talked Jets, talked Titans, talked Philly, talked Arizona. I've never won a game that left me so angry. I don't know what to do with the Los Angeles Chargers. Brandon Staley tried, he tried his absolute hardest to give this game away, but he couldn't do it. Thankfully, he had Kellen Moore, never thought I'd be saying this, who decided to run the ball 37 times. Despite running the ball 37 times, they only held the ball for 27 minutes. They were 5 of 14 on third down. Herbert was 13 of 24 passing. Now, I give him credit. There was no Austin Eckler, no Mike Williams, no Bosa, no Derwin James, and still Khalil Mack. Six sacks on the Raiders' rookie quarterback. Seven sacks total. Raiders, they had the ball for 33 minutes. That's good for them, but they only had 23 rushes. They were one for 11 on third down. But they still had a chance to win. Why? Because Brandon Staley and his analytic, nerd-loving community decided to double down on his horrible decision against Minnesota the week before because he got away with it and did it again. Now, mind you, mind you, this was after his defense had played well all day. This is after Herbert gets hurt on the previous drive trying to make a block and hurts his hand, comes back in with a splint. He could not handle the handoffs, yet four plays take 30 seconds off the clock and then at their at their own 40, go for it on fourth down with a guy with one hand and you try to sneak it with Herbert. They don't get it. Raiders get the ball back, easily move the ball downfield, throw the ball into the end zone. Fortunately, the Chargers make an interception. Because I'm surprised the defense was still playing because what what Brandon Staley does every time he makes one of these bonehead doofus decisions to go for it is basically tell his defense, screw you, I'm smarter than six Khalil Max sacks. That's what he says to him. I don't care how much you've dominated. I don't care how much you've broken through their line. I don't care how much you've overcome for us today. No, no, no. I want to prove how smart I am and I want to get high fives from the analytic community. So I'm going to go for it. This guy is going to ruin a franchise. He's going to ruin a quarterback. He needs to go. The Chargers have gotten away with it two weeks in a row. And surprisingly, somehow, we got a cover out of this game. I'm not going to look too much into it. I'm just going to take it and run. Unfortunately, Chargers are chain of custody. We're going to have to deal with them next week. Here's the one thing I know. If we could just bet that Brendan Staley would make some bonehead decision, I'd just push all the chips towards the middle of the table on it. Unfortunately, it's going to be tougher than that. We're going to have to figure out whether to back them or not against the spread. So 3-2 and two in the contest moves us to 12-8 and eight on the year. That's 60%. Look, that's not good enough to win. It probably can't even get you the money, but it puts you in position. And we're four weeks in, and we haven't tanked the season yet. We'll talk to you Thursday.